The Green Rush is real. From lawmakers and investment bankers to CEOs and investors, we'll look at how people are transforming cannabis from the shadows of the black market into a cash crop that draws in cannapreneurs from Hollywood to Wall Street. Here to help you navigate the business of cannabis, please welcome Lewis Goldberg and Ann Donahoe. Brought to you by KCSA Strategic Communications. Welcome to another episode of The Green Rush. I'm Lewis Goldberg, and as always, joined by my co-pilot, Ann Donahoe. Today, we're chatting with a really interesting entrepreneur. Adrian Sudlin is the founder and CEO of Candescent, which is a California cultivator of ultra-premium cannabis. And it's the first municipally permitted cultivator south of San Jose. To date, Adrian has raised nearly $10 million in seed capital for his company, and the company plans to open over 125,000 square feet of cultivation space by early 2018. Um, If you live in California, um, and Anne is lucky enough to do so, I live in New Jersey, it's likely that you've seen the trademark elegant orange packaging for Candescent. And we'll include some photos in the show notes, and you can see them on both our social channel, which is at um, at KCSA underscore cannabis, or if you really want to treat, go over to the Candescent social media, um, especially their Instagram. It's like looking at a, a beautiful um, high-end fashion company's uh, Instagram. Um, so Candescent is really one of the first luxury cannabis brands to hit the industry. Um, and Adrian comes from a packaging and luxury goods background. And he wants Candescent to become the premium is. I'm not even going to try and say that word, but he'll talk more about how premium he wants the Candescent brand to be seen. Um, before we start, just a quick reminder to hit the subscribe button for The Green Rush on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever you get your part- podcasts from. Um, and if you leave a rating, uh, we would be ever so grateful. Now, on to our chat with Adrian. Adrian, thanks for joining us on The Green Rush. Thank you for having me, Lewis. <laughs> it's our pleasure. So, can you tell us about your vision for Candescent? Like, what what makes you fundamentally different from other cannabis brands in the market? Well, I think from inception, we always work backwards from the consumer, and as opposed to saying we wanted to be a cultivator or we wanted to be a dispensary or whatever point in the value chain you look at, we really looked at a series of problems that we thought were significant. And then we work backwards from those consumer problems to build a very specific targeted solution. So I think our approach to it, as opposed to saying, hey, let's go sling some weed, it was very different. Uh, you know, And specifically the problems we saw were a lack of exceptional product quality. Uh, there was a lack of consistent outcomes. So, you know, a hundred growers grow blue dream all using different techniques. You go in a store one day, you like the experience. The next day you buy the same product name and you hate the experience. So a lack of consistency. I'd say there was a ton of confusion and intimidation. You have a periodic table of 6,000 strain names all sold with a bunch of science like terpenes, trichomes, cannabinoids, CBN, CBD, THC, THCA. Uh, you know, just you had to biohack your way through a periodic table of 6,000 names in science. There was no shopability to the category. 
And then the next three problems where I'd say you have this amazing substance that's good for your endocannabinoid system, but yet the the imagery associated with it was the messaging of the industry was if you're not tattooed up to your eyeballs with 16 nose pierces, <laughs> uh, you know, cannabis isn't for you. And, you know, I, I describe it as an unhealthy cross between Duck Dynasty, Wu-Tang Clan, and an unhealthy dose of misogyny. Uh, um, you know, <laughs> and so, you know, and, and then the last two problems we saw were toxicity and opacity. You know, 86% of the products in California were testing positive for pe pesticides in 2014, 2015 when we started to look at it. And no one knew who their grower was and where their products came from. And you add that all up, you had unexceptional product quality producing inconsistent outcomes in confusing and intimidating ways that was toxic, opaque, and countercultural. So we said, well, that's really bad. And we built a brand against counter-programming and solving those problems. And that's where, you know, the genesis of our, you know, we're very known for our, you know, strain architecture where we're the first cultivator in the in the world to abandon strain names and go to a simple effects-based architecture of calm, cruise, create, connect, and charge. You know, when you look at the imagery associated with our product, you know, it's very aspirational. It looks, you know, the model we use for our original uh, shoot has had two covers of L and one of Vogue. So, you know, it's very, you know, high end, you know, you look at our packaging and our branding, it's kind of a, ma a mashup of Tory Burch Chanel and Hermes. So I think our point of view was very aspirational. We wanted to be sexy, simple, and sophisticated with our brand architecture. And that's just all the appearance stuff. But what we really did is we dropped a ton of capital into state-of-the-art growers got off this, you know, master grower model and really said, you know, we're going to do this Six Sigma, lots of data, lots of science. And, um, you know, it's why our grow rooms, we track eight environmental variables, control the environment down to the square inch and then tag that information every 10 seconds to a database and then regress it against potency and yield. So I think there's a lot of things that make us different, but that's just a couple so, um, and we are with you on the the strain names as listeners of this podcast know we hate them and we think that they're a relic of the black market and ultimately detrimental to the industry as a whole. Um, so can you talk a little bit about who the audience is? is for this do you think um and i'm going to ask a question in a negative vent i don't really mean it that way but do you think that the cannabis industry is a little bit too young for such a premium product or do you think you're you know like you said you're being aspirational and you know this is you're in in it for the marathon not the sprint uh well uh in in deference to your podcast name uh you know <laughs> one of the things in our business our business plan we always describe it as we're in a green marathon, not a green rush. Mm. So maybe we know, should change the name of our pod, Lewis. Green marathon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And and the royalty will be really low, guys. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 uh, so getting back to Ann's question, who is yeah. the audience for for your product? Okay, here's what's really interesting. So. You think we got this super aspirational brand, you know, we've been compared to the Hermes of cannabis or, you know, pick your poison of, you know, Tiffany's, you know, name some high end brand. And, you know, we've been probably compared to it. I don't buy any of it. And I'll tell you why. I think the best comparison now we're a brand, we're not a retailer. So we're a consumer packaged goods company. But I actually think we're the best analogy is Starbucks. And I'll explain why. So. 
right now, you know, you could. I went into a Starbucks last week, and I and I saw a real high end business guy in suspenders and everything and a tie, and I also saw the guy right behind him look like he was homeless. So Starbucks is appealing to everyone. If you fundamentally think of our product, people think about, oh wow, your eighth is sixty dollars. That's really expensive. Well, my eighth, you could probably get four joints out of it, and four to five people a joint are going to have an amazing three-hour experience. So what are we talking about? A $60 product gives 20 people an amazing experience for a couple hours. So what are we talking? $3 a serving? It's cheaper than your latte. So, <laughs> so my point is, I th- and I see this in our data, you know, Candescent is the number one selling brand of flour in the state right now. And I say that because if we're so expensive, how are we also high volume? My point is this. I actually think cannabis is going to go through a premiumization where as we emerge from the black market, the entire category is going to get premiumized. And when people start realizing, yeah, it's, you know, for 60 bucks, I can get an amazing eighth with a brand that, guess what? You're turning your psychoactive mind space over to the company that curated your experience. Maybe you're worth three bucks, three bucks a shot. I think you are, and I think the space is realizing that and waking up to that. So, I, so my so, target market is everyone who wants to spend three dollars for an amazing adult use quality cannabis experience. I'm in, um, but but I'm not so sure the whole industry is in yet. Um, there is this tension now when you talk about brand between the the guys who are doing the retailing and the guys like you who are who get the CPG side. The retailers argue, I just need to capture the person to come into the store and make sure that the retail experience is amazing because right now the market is so young and there, nobody can build a national retail brand, a, a CPG brand. So I want to capture them from a retail experience. Where do you, how do you, argue back against that to say to the guys who have, you know, 20, 30, 50 dispensaries that their model is better than your model. I don't think, I don't think they're at odds at all. I mean, you know, I think great retailers need great brands, great brands need great retailers. So I don't see any tension between the two. I mean, if you're saying that, you know, some guy is going to own all the stores and basically sell you know, any old products and the product doesn't matter because, you know, the consumer doesn't have the education, I would say, I don't buy that. The history of vertically integrated businesses in the, most of them are on the dustbin of business history. They didn't survive. It's about specialization. And, you know, it's great while someone's opened up their 40, Retail stores, guess what? I have a $5 million high-quality state-of-the-art genetics program running right now that I'm a year into already. So, you know, in a year from now, the thing I'm going to be selling is going to look very different from what everyone else has. And as the industry unfolds, it's going to be the guys who specialize in something, anything. Be the specialty retailer. Be the specialty delivery service. Be the, you know, R&D company 
be the company that commercializes and figures out how to take the cannabis molecule nano encapsulated but i believe i bet on specialization over time versus being a hodgepodge of, of a bunch of different things well so do you see um the brand of candescent branching out to you know your your flower base now and um all the data says that flower is not dying but there is this huge market we just talked with dr dina and you know upwards of 30 percent of her market is vape or vape products so are you looking to branch out and and use that same barometer of quality to products or are you going to stick to uh your knitting here with the flower-based products that's a fantastic question um our thesis when we built the company was whoever wins flower whoever becomes known as fundamentally the best producer will eventually have walking around around rights to the entire cannabis complex over the period of the green marathon because fundamentally you can't vape it you can't eat it you can't consume it in any way unless some person grow it, grew it first. And at the end of the day, you're consuming the underlying cannabinoids and terpenes that the grower produced. Now, you can post an extraction alter a lot of the terps, but fundamentally, the, the flower is the platform. So to your answer, I mean, your question, we absolutely see ourselves spreading out horizontally on shelf. So our first line extension was very close to flower, and we just launched our pre-roll line. Our, we launched our pre-roll line at the very end of last year, but now we're launching a pre-roll flight. So we had singles, now we have multi-packs, and now in third quarter this year, we will enter the vape market after a year and a half R&D project. Um, where I think we're different is I could have been in vapes a year ago. You know, if I wanted to just work with a contract manufacturer, have someone else stuff it into, you know, some cartridges and, you know, hey, guess what? Candescent slapped its sticker on a vape line. That's not what we do here. What we do at Candescent is we rethink an entire product category from the ground up, identify its problems, and then come up with unique and proprietary solutions for our consumer audience. And so we will be launching into vapes in third quarter, and you'll see our first ingestible coming uh, at the beginning of next year. Wow, that's that's amazing. And we will continue this conversation when we come right back from the break. You're listening to The Green Brush. And we are talking to Mr. Candescent, Adrian Sedlin. More Green Rush coming up after we roll through our sponsors. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. 
Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. Do you have new ideas that you believe will make a difference in the cannabis industry? Looking to make your brand or service stand out? The first annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo is seeking sponsors and speakers for its inaugural event August 24th through the 26th at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners are all welcome to join us for this brand new event sponsored by the radio and podcast leader for all things cannabis, CannabisRadio.com. Grow with us in this groundbreaking event, the first annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 24th through the 26th at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Learn more at usccexpo.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines, Dave Inman welcomes you to the state of cannabis. Tuesdays on demand, only on CannabisRadio.com. Banking and Bud, understanding the business of cannabis. Welcome back to The Green Rush, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back. So, Adrian, you're not a traditional cannabis guy. You, you in fact, said that you were, I was a, a Santa Barbara living, Upper East Side born Hermes wearing Harvard MBA who had build had been building startups all his life and yet hadn't found his business unicorn. So, what makes cannabis this unicorn? You forgot the part that I was on the varsity cannabis team my entire high school and college career. <laughs> you that lettered. <laughs> I lettered like you've never seen. Uh, so you know, I was a you know, I was a consumer uh, through my late teens and mid twenties. Unfortunately, I did have a very negative experience uh, on cannabis in my late in my mid twenties, and I actually left category for many years. Maybe there was a fifteen year hiatus on my consumption where maybe once a year, maybe I had an experience. Uh, but really, the re I mean, when I when my brother in law who's our co-founder of Candace and called me. He had been a grower since the mid nineties and he had a bunch of guys with him who had grown together and believe it or not, had probably built, wired and framed and welded 30% of the grows in SoCal between the late nineties and, you know, the mid, uh, the mid 2015 period. And those guys kind of approached me and said, 
hey, will you buy us a building? And I said, for what? And they said, well, you know what we do? And I said, can you pay rent? And they said, we think so. And I said, can I see your financials? And they asked me what those were, <laughs> at which point uh, it became clear that uh, they need more than a building. But really what was super exciting is they were so talented, so passionate about what they did. And then when I really started to catch up on the science of cannabis and on the medical side, you know, understand, you know, the endocannabinoid system, CB1, CB2 receptors, receptors, and then start thinking about the adult use side of the business where I realized quickly, okay, if all this is true about the ECS and the data that I'm reading about is true, you know, this is really a zero calorie, doesn't destroy your liver, doesn't give you a headache, and has a lower withdrawal profile than caffeine. What's not to like? And so when I saw that and kind of my, I'd say, contrarian instincts, I just said, you know what? I got to get involved with this. I felt super passionate about the cause. I believe being on the right side of the data. And I, you know, I had a heart to heart with myself and I said, you know what? I'd be willing to go to jail for this because I believe in the data and I believe in the science and I believe in the, I believe at a certain point you got to go for and get behind something. And what I realized, and, and part of my opinion was, and I, I say this as humbly as I can, I really felt the industry needed someone who looked like me, smelled like me, um, in order to help start moving it forward to bring to bring that conversation to a different level, uh, you know, with the powers that be, if you will, because it's. I think at times when you're trying to move the conversation forward. A businessman pragmatist who turned activist is a better starting point than an activist who's trying to be a business person. So can you talk a little bit about, I'm sure mistakes were made along the way, what, um, or maybe not, uh, if you did make mistakes, what did you learn from them? Oh God, you know, uh, I've been a startup guy since I was 20. So if there was a pile of dog shit in the middle of the road, I found a way to step in it, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but I like to think that, you know, now that I'm 48, I've uh, I've learned where those piles are and I'm pretty good at uh, navigating them around them. Uh, you know, I'd say there were certainly some mistakes made along the way. I don't know any grower or anyone on the cultivation side of this business who's not going to nod their head when I make the statement the first time they really tried to scale it, you know, they lost a grow. You know, they lost the building, you know, whether it was they didn't have the right quarantine protocols. They got some fusarium, uh, botrytis, something bad went hap you know, happened. You know, I think sometimes it takes a swift kick in the nuts or a punch in the jaw to you start taking that whole exercise to a, a whole new level. So, yeah, that happened to us. That really was not fun. Uh, but. You know, I think uh, it's like anything, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. It makes you more, you know, when you, you, teams tend to go one of two ways when, you know, the bad thing happens. They either lock arms or they start pointing fingers. And, you know, for us, I think it was a very solidifying event that it hardened our culture in the most positive ways where we all locked arms, dug ourselves out of the bad, the bad time. And, you know, now we are where we are with a celebrated past of overcoming obstacles that we can always reference that as a data point uh, anytime the new challenge comes, because I'm sure it will. So you 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 know, you grow some of the most beautiful and consistent product. What is your favorite? 
what is of your you know you're smoking your own stuff what are you smoking well i'll answer that two ways what i smoke is i love our cruise 201 it's just my thing uh i'd say it's a you know, to use industry terms, it leans indica, but it's uh, it's a real nice kind of uh, mellow mind, but somewhat body up uh, experience. So it's I, I call it the beach walk strain. Uh, you know, it's not a couch lock. It's kind of energetic, but it's 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 not too you know it it doesn't have that raciness of a, a sativa. You know, I tend to personally, uh, I mean, some of our most popular strains are Create and Connect lines or Charge lines. That I personally don't play there. Uh, I tend to get a little bit too much in my head, and uh, I'd call me a paradoxical reactor when I hit anything. <laughs> That uh, that's a little more sativa oriented. Can you talk a little bit about because your brand is beautiful? It's um, this beautiful orange packaging. We'll make sure that or orange isn't even the right color. What do you guys call the color? Uh, candescent. It, the color is candescent. Okay, so it's beautiful. Um, we'll make sure that there's a, um, a couple of photos in the show notes. Um, can you talk a little bit about the process of 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 creating what the brand look and feel was because it really is different than anything else that you see in in dispensaries now well well first thank you for the compliment that that's super awesome and you know i i have to say before i address the question that's the greatest part about this job you know when i get dms from customers and they and they say things like oh i love what you've done thanks so thank you so much for making me feel comfortable you know buying cannabis or uh finally a brand that reflects what i do or even just someone coming and saying you know what you're what i look forward to on friday nights you know how awesome is that that I get that, you know, part of what I do professionally gets to participate in the daily lives of so many other people. That's just hum- humbling and awe-inspiring. So thanks, world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, uh, beyond that. You're welcome. Brand, <laughs> you know, I understand that you kind of isolated into the, you know, the look, the feel, and the styling of the brand. And that is certainly an important part. But the thing I, you know, when people always ask me, so how do you build a brand? And, you know, I've done it in a couple categories. It's, you know, the most important thing is it's not just the imagery. It's not just the color treatment. It's not just, you know, the font and the logo and all those kind of things. It's a point of view, you know, and, 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 you know, great brands, you always hear people who talk about brands are in marketing. They'll say great brands are authentic. You know, so what's our authentic thing here? It starts with your values. And we isolated the two things we wanted, you know, eventually our logo to stand for. We see it as a almost like a bat signal that should be in the sky and it should be talking to two life, I'd say, transcendent, romantic, permanent human values that I don't see enough conversation about in our world. Excellence and gratitude excellence is the path to happiness you know you know whatever you're doing that's what builds self-esteem that you know when you're doing something at the highest level that's what makes you proud and and deliver self-esteem but i'd also say i know a lot of type a miserable people who only focus on that piece of it then you need the gratitude and that gratitude is what gives you perspective realizing you know even when bad things are happening you, you know you you 
you know, it could always be worse and how much there is to be grateful and appreciative of in this world. And so that's really what we wanted to build. And we wanted to show the world of cannabis and in cannabis, excellence and gratitude and put those, bring those values to life. And that's why every detail of the packaging has been painlessly thought through. It stems from our point of view and our orientation of what, what we're trying to be. You know, I want to be joy in a jar. And so, you know, now to get to it and then give you the whole story, and I know there's a long answer, but what does even candescent mean when spelled with one N? Our brand name has two as a reference to cannabis, but candescent is the original lighting technology where you would hit you would heat a light filament to the point it projects light. That's really what, what we want to do. We want to super, it's an analogy. We want to supercharge the human soul to the point we're starting to radiate. We don't believe it has to be so bad out there. We believe, you know, we can live in abundance, joy, and be good to each other. And, you know, and so the brand is a reflection of that. And so the orange as a reflection of that filament was a natural color choice. Orange is also a really optimistic color in color theory. And we chose a certain shade of orange. We didn't want to be pumpkin or Home Depot. It's kind of a deeper, more glowing orange. Um, and then, you know, we have our effects-based architecture, which I spoke to earlier. And then you just try to color treat against that. But then it was about every detail in the box. You know what? Let's give them a magnetic, a magnetically sealed box. So, so instantly the message to the audience is, we care. I care about the experience you're about to have. I'm going to give you tamper-proof packaging. I'm going to give you rolling papers color-coded to the strain and effect uh, that are going to have a quote inside and that inside of that those papers are going to be spot varnished and the papers are going to be mag magnetically sealed and come with crutches. It was all a point of view about telling the audience we care. Someone's focused on exceptionalism here and really driving home a world class you know, experience and that's really where the brand was born and everything about it then you just start you know hiring the best photographers in the world and hiring the best models in the world and et cetera, et cetera. more green rush coming up after we roll through our sponsors Cannabis concentrates have been around for thousands of years. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest-growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC. Symbol MCIG. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, 
shopping essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. Our mission is to discuss extraction, processing, business practices, and lessons learned with the established experts of the extraction process on Mission Supercritical, a service of Apex Supercritical, Mondays on demand, only on CannabisRadio.com. Banking and Bud, understanding the business of cannabis. Welcome back to The Green Rush, only on CannabisRadio.com. So we are at the point in the show where we ask all of our guests exactly the same thing. It, we call it Puff Puff Pass. Um, so it's it's supposed to be like a, a just a really quick rapid fire. Two things that you've come to really love about the cannabis industry and the one thing that drives you nuts. So Adrian, Puff Puff Pass. Love the people. Love how rapidly changing and that we're changing world culture right now as an industry the one i'll pass on is the tension between the old and the new the old guard and the new guard when i see it's much more harmonious the new guard can't succeed without the old guard the old guard can't succeed without the new guard and that's why i've built a company that fuses you know world-class professionals from outside the industry with guys who built in this industry over the last 30 years I don't like this us versus them idea. It, it is pervasive. Um, it's it's uh, you know we we see it towards us actually, and you know we are ancillary service provider in the industry. We're not we're not you or an, uh, a dispensary owner. It's really it's interesting to see the, the the negative feedback that we get from the industry. Hmm. You know, I'd just say. You know, hate is going to hate. It is what it is. Uh, and, you know, it, a lot of it's just fear-based. Anytime there's disruption and high-velocity change, you know, some people freak out. You know, I just don't think there's that much to be, you know, if anything, you know, candescent should be is a force for good for the industry. We're bringing hundreds of new customers into the industry by the day that are, you know, my competition isn't other cultivators or other cannabis providers. I, I, and that's not because I don't respect their work. I think there's so many people who do amazing work in the industry. My competition's the alcohol industry. My competition's the opiate complex. So, you know, that's just my worldview. So, you know, I just kind of see it as we're sort of a, the tip of the spear in helping mainstream and welcoming people at the front door at, of the industry in a more familiar way. So then they can start navigating to some of the other cool products we don't produce. And I think that that's you know the, you're doing what you're doing is vital. It's the the normalization of cannabis into mainstream America. And I think you know we work with Acreage Holdings, the guys who John Boehner joined the board of. And I don't understand the the vitriol. This guy makes it okay for mainstream conservatives to want to use medical cannabis. Why is that a bad thing? I don't get it. Uh, so, sorry, that's well, me proselytizing. I'm not asking. Oh, a lot of people. I mean, if you if you go and look at the at Twitter and you look at um, 
even some of the comments on the the newspaper stories that were written about him, there's a lot of historic market participants who are saying you're late, you know, and yeah, he's late, but he's here. And and if industry wants to be normalized, I think they have to embrace him. It's it's, okay. He makes it interesting. It's an I I fully agree with you. And, you know, I better late than never. And what you know, my thought process is this. I've heard the word, you know, you know, people talk about the corporatizing of cannabis and like I use a different world word. I'd say it's the professionalizing of cannabis. And the reality is, guess what? You know, now that the orange jumpsuit risk of the industry is dissipating and you can't make 8000 or $6,000 a pound wholesale for doing mediocre work in a garage, you know, that's something that some people are really concerned about and rightly so. Their, their lifestyle may be taken away and especially, you know, guys who paid the highest price or gals who paid the highest price and yeah. did jail time for this industry. We got a bunch of them on our staff. I, you know, I know those stories and, you know, the reality is if it's such a tense driven us versus them thing, both sides will Lose the guys who think they're going to run the old guard over. They're never going to get the history of this industry that's so vital to its future. The guys who say screw all the new guys, they're not going to have the tools to to make it to the next step. It's about harmony. That's what the plant is about in the first place, and it's about like-minded people, whatever their background is, coming together to take the hill. And that's why, you know, I may be the Harvard MBA, you know, more Hermes looking uh, suit guy. But you ask any of the people on my team, you know, I'm an owner in my company, but so are they. Down to the trim room. At Candescent, we lock arms. And that's the future of this industry. The companies that will compete are going to take the best of the old, the best of the new, and move the industry forward. I think that's exactly right. I think you can't have it both ways. Well, I think we're we are at a little bit past actually the thirty minute mark, Adrian. So thanks. We really appreciate this. It was a great conversation. Likewise. Hopefully, I wasn't too talkative. No, you. You know what? It's. <sighs> Nobody is doing exactly what you're doing. And to, I mean, you were really making a premium consumer packaged good that is going to be a national brand. It is fascinating to watch what you're doing. You know, it really is. So, yeah, when I saw you present a cow and I was like, I want to talk to that guy. That guy's thinking about this in ways that very few people are, or if they are thinking about it, they're not doing it. And you're not only thinking about it, you're doing it. So I want to talk. It's like, Ann and I have been lucky enough to talk to what we think are are most of the smartest people in the industry, whether they be historic uh, advocates um, or people who are like like Bruce Linton from Canopy, you know, the, you know, he's doing something that's different. It's not just, I don't know. It's 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 exciting. It's exciting to see this industry grow from the black market into you know the 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 mainstream green market. And, and guys like you are thinking a step ahead of a lot of other people, which is really interesting. Well, you know, I, I 
I don't know if it's a step ahead. You know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to race anyone. I just view it as, uh, you know, I have a point of view. Um, I believe it resonates with a certain audience and hopefully they'll enjoy it, <laughs> you know, and, you know, so, and I'm not trying to win every customer. I'm just trying to put something out there that the people who dig what we do, you know, self-select into that. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who don't dig what we do and, you know, they'll self-select into the thing that's right for them. All right, guys, I super appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. I'm, thank you yep. so I'm much late for my next one. Thank you. Right, thank Great. you. Thank you. Thanks to our guest, Adrian Sedlin, founder and CEO of Candescent. Check them out at candescent.com. That's candescent with two N's, C-A-N-N-D-E-S-C-E-N-T.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, at candescent. As always, thanks so much for listening. Lewis, my own personal jar of joy, and I really appreciate it. If you like us, please subscribe to The Green Rush on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. And if you're feeling generous, drop us a review. Also, feel free to send us an email with a question, comment, or suggestion at greenrush at kcsa.com. And feel free to follow us on Twitter or Instagram or both at kcsa underscore cannabis. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.